1: Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Um, just, just this past weekend, like we had such an unseasonably warm and beautifully Mm. sunny weekend here in Toronto. It was, it was insanity. So, um, I did this like long bike ride, which I really liked. And then the next day I paddled and the water, oh my God, I cannot tell you this gorgeous, shimmering, bright sunshine over the lake. And the mm. lake is like as large an, as an ocean. You can't see the other side of it. So it yeah. feels like you're on this limitless ocean. Um, yeah, the all of Toronto was like, and it's like all the fall leaves are changing mm. color. It's like the quintessential fall theme. So I think I'd have to say the whole city is in a pretty good mood today. We're great. very we good. and beautiful. It, it and, and there was a little bit of drama. We're not quite sure where this drama came from, but um, there was like a suspicious package found at our city airport here. And so the Ooh. entire area was like evacuated and buildings and roads shut down mm-hmm. for like hours and hours on our Saturday night. It's not quite sure if maybe it was like actually like a, like a, a police enforcement exercise that they made mm. it out to sound like it was like an incident but anyways yeah. so we had a little bit of drama we're always having drama over here like some strange <laughs> i don't know bomb threats and stuff like that so i don't know Somebody probably just forgot to, to take the package with them
0: <laughs> i think <laughs> it's probably quite innocent
1: <laughs> you know to be honest like that's yeah like oh crap i forgot my bag under the chair yes yeah i've done it a lot <laughs> totally <laughs> Oh, It was much ado, but nothing. They were like controlled explosions. They had the whole bomb squad out and like big. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I don't I don't know what was going on. It was probably a military exercise that us Canadians are like, well, we're too polite to really, you know, protest the fact that hours of our lives were uh, squandered away in traffic jams and route uh, uh, rerouting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's over here. How about you? Sounds like it's all going on in in Canada. It's all
1: going on in Canada.
0: It's much quieter in Jersey. Really? (laughs) No controlled bomb disposal or anything, really. Oh, shoot. I know. It's the quiet life. It's it's
1: all nice and chill things. Right?
0: Right. Just the way I like it.
1: Yes, 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 yes. So is like fall setting in, summer completely gone, chilly weather and sweaters?
0: Well, no, we've had some warm weather as well, although I think yesterday we had all the seasons in one day, because um, oh. there was a um, thunder and lightning at one stage oh. that then disappeared and out pops oh. blue sky again. Oh. So, okay. yeah. Okay.
1: You guys Interesting are all the place. True that. Yeah. True that. Well, lady, what is on with the Relationship Desk of Love?
0: Alrighty. Today, I am going to tell you the signs to look out for. If you want to know if your relationship's going to last or not,
1: Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <I'm> kind of scared.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so according to a relationship expert, so this is Dr. Kathy Nickerson, uh-huh. and she has um, got 22 years experience in relationships. So I'm guessing she knows a thing or two. That's by a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she said, after working with couples for such a long time, um, she knows that it's never too late to make a relationship better. So ah. that's encouraging. Okay, but there are four points that have been mentioned um, through her clinical observation that she can tell whether a relationship's gonna gonna make it or not. Okay, so the four things that we need to look out for. Number one, it feels easy most of the time. Mm. Mm. So you're not dealing with those kind of day to day struggles and challenges on a regular regular basis. Mm. So most of the time, it feels like it's quite oh, effortless. Oh my gosh. But then when you do fight, you fight fairly. Uh Aha. So this is about not, you know, not point scoring, not um, trying to, you know, annihilate the other person and uh, win at all costs. It is Mm -hmm. about, you know, you're quite considerate when you do um, have an argument or have a fight together. Mm -hmm. You care about your partner's happiness. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, uh, this is just blowing my mind. Keep going. I'm, I'm thinking of a lot of my clients who are stuck in these conflict cycles yeah. where, the majority of the time, it's conflict ridden. There's only yeah. few and very very brief days of sunshine. Yeah. And I cannot say you know, and and where there isn't care, so yeah. Some, mm-hmm. Okay, this is important. Yeah. All right.
0: But I think it's that that whole point, isn't it? Where you forget that you're on the same side. You forget that mm-hmm. you love each other. Um, when you're in that high conflict situation. Mm-hmm then all you're thinking about, you're in that survival mode. So mm. it's it's difficult to care for somebody else or to show care mm-hmm. when you're constantly faced with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then the last point is you are intentionally gentle and kind to each other. Mm. And I like the word, the intentionally, you know, you're deliberately mm. going out of your way to be a kind, gentle mm. soul to your partner. Mm.
1: Which also involves like... Again, like I like to always say, like not going below the belt, because there's a lot of things that we can, we do have to have rose colored glasses on with our partner a little bit, like, Mm -hmm. because all of us are like, like scumbag humans, right? Like all of us have our ugly points. But there's things that you, you don't have to punch below the belt. So like purposely intentionally kind to somebody means if they've got a receding hairline, just don't mention it yeah like you know there's things that we are ashamed of or we're less than proud of in terms of maybe our physical appearance or some of our shortcomings um don't bring it up yeah if if it's immaterial some of those past
0: issues that have happened don't you know you don't want to keep raking things over and bringing you know dredging stuff up from the past when you deal with it deal with it and move on
1: decide to move on or decide not to move on but don't keep it in a limbo where you're like uh, the purgatory of like you know, keeping somebody in jail without charges. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So if you've got those four things present in your relationship, you are likely to succeed and stay together for a very long time.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, I hear you. And and I think that's actually really important for people to read that list who are like, Yeah, I don't have any of those going on in my relationship. Because sometimes part of our work is helping people discover and get clear about when it's time to leave. Yeah. And so sometimes you think it's not as bad as it is honestly and then you you that that list of four is like oh crap okay mm. yeah
0: yeah
1: okay that's puts us in good stead for our podcast <laughs> it does indeed <laughs> yep
0: <laughs> would you like a hot topic
1: yes please let's go it okay.
0: is hot topic whose need is it anyway
1: whose need is it anyway do you remember the dana Car- <laughs> dana oh my gosh dana carvey oh my gosh what was that show whose line is it anyway whose line is it anyway yes okay so he whose is. need is yes. it anyway yeah okay so another cryptic very vague open to interpretation hot topic which <laughs> i love okay so me too yeah so what <laughs> what comes up for you i don't know for we're thinking the same thing
0: well I think, so for me, I would interpret that around kind of how you've both got needs in a relationship Mm. and whose needs are are more important. How do you actually satisfy both sets of needs at the same time? Because often those needs can be very different. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like, you know, we talk about love languages and how we've got a different way that we we receive love or want to receive love. Mm -hmm. And often your love language is different to your partner's. But we often then give love in our own love language as opposed to in their own love language. Mm. So, and I think the same thing applies when it comes to needs, because I will have like a certain set of needs. My partner will have a different set of needs and it's trying to find a way to compromise, to meet in the middle, to kind of help to support each other's needs Mm. and Mm -hmm. still get your own needs met. Mm -hmm. Right. can be a bit tricky. (laughs) Just a
1: bit. (laughs) So getting needs met at the same time, sometimes it's Mm -hmm. actually, it's not at the same time. Sometimes it's some person's needs will take precedent at one part, and then Mm. there's an intentional shift. We're like, okay, so this is the time where we need to sort of shift gears and sort of press the pedal down on somebody else's needs a little more intensely. Yeah. And that's hard, actually, because in adjudicating like, well, my needs aren't being met – How do we look at the relationship sort of on the larger scope of time and say, well, Mm. you know, back in 2008, that person's needs, like, for, for example, their professional fulfillment one partner really needed to lean into their yeah. profession and their job. And so the whole family moved to a place for this person's job. And that went on mm. for a little while. And then let's just say somebody who is staying home with the kids has like, okay, I want to go and, and make my professional debut and get out into the workforce so that the yeah. partner who had had their time to sort of focus on the career is now doing a more of a support role. So that can be mm. where if we broaden the lens of looking at the relationship rather than looking at a point in time can be helpful.
0: Mm. But the tricky thing is, though, we've got quite short memories, haven't we? (laughs) Yes.
1: And (laughs) And biased memories.
0: Yeah. um, But we also see things so much from our point of view. Mm -hmm. And, you know, very rarely do we see things from our partner's point of view. So, And this is where you get into some hot water because... You know, just thinking through that scenario there that you've just described. So, you know, the the woman wants to go back to work, or she, you know, she's sacrificed some of her career, and she wants to then, you know, really get get focused on that and needs some support. Mm-hmm. The she's automatically going to see it from her her point of view. She's mm-hmm. going to see it from her position, yeah. and her partner's going to see it from their position. Yeah. And trying to understand where the other person is coming from can often be can be so difficult and you know they may be saying well i have supported you Mm. i've allowed you not to to be at work and Mm -hmm. spend time with the children and i've you know that's how i've supported you in this relationship Mm -hmm. um so seeing things i think from both perspectives can be really really difficult yeah and this is where you get a lot of the kind of resentment and um people feel like their needs aren't being met so you you know you can feel um not only resentful, but you might feel rejected by your partner. Um, and you you know, some of those other emotions then start to come through. So true.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Um, let's just say so we're always more focused on our needs because we're selfish mm. people, obviously. Um, yeah. how do we keep a real even keel when we're thinking about our needs and not freaking out? Mm. Because maintaining emotional regulation around that. Um, is super hard. I've, I've been in a place where I feel like my needs aren't being met, and I freak out about it all the time. Oftentimes, yeah. I'll kind of forget. And then all of a sudden, I'm prompted to remind and then I get all mm. like, angry, and resentful and hurtful and so forth. Yeah. So how do how do I advocate for myself and and not freak out? Because I realize mm. that freaking out is just going to cause me to show up to conversations in a way that actually takes the spotlight away from the actual need and actually just centers it on my crappy communication style. So then it yeah. becomes like you're always angry. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And we've been there, you know, and it feels it feels really crap. But mm-hmm. I think part of the problem is we often don't know that the need is there mm. or we haven't identified the need. Mm-hmm. We just know that something doesn't feel right. We know that we feel neglected or hurt or upset but we're not quite sure why mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the, that's often when the behavior comes out in a completely irrational manner Yeah, because we don't even know what the what the problem is in the first place <laughs> therefore True. how can we even have a conversation about it that's if we'd feel strong enough to be able to do that because often that's the challenge as well is speaking up for yourself so it. there's a couple of stages I think in there and the first thing is about you know um identification Mm -hmm. so what is it what needs do i have and also what's the expectation what am i expecting my partner to do that Mm -hmm. he he or she doesn't know anything about Mm. because you see this all the time there's an expectation that you're gonna behave in a certain way or be in a certain way Mm -hmm. but i've never had that conversation with you and i'm not even crystal clear about what my expectation is either and we're just in this kind of horrible murkiness
1: You've got it. And is this something that your partner needs to fill or are you projecting your disappointment that you're not filling the need from another means within yourself or from yourself or from outside of your relationship?
0: Yeah. And that's that's then the other part of the equation, isn't it? So once you identify the need. It's then about saying, who who should really be fulfilling this? Should this be something that I need to do for myself? Or is this something that I'm expecting my partner to do? Is there another way that I could get this need met? Yeah. Is there other support that I can call upon? It's not it's not always just within the the confines of the two of you. Yeah. It could be that, you know, if you go back to that situation about the, um, you know, the mum going back to work, is it that actually we just need to kind of call on some family and friends to help out as well is it you know is it just down to the two of us or you know is there a wider village that we can call upon to to help and to support
1: true and if you feel like you're not reaching the summits in your career that you want to mm. is that because your partner is a mm. low-life jerk or is it because there's something from within yourself that's blocking yeah. you but you yeah. know the, the relationship is an easy scapegoat
0: mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Because oftentimes it might be as simple as like, well, if you really want to do that, you're right, we can recruit help. Maybe it's just a little bit more money spent on daycare or whatnot. Uh, Not -hmm. that money is infinite, but sometimes we have some weird blocks around what we spend money on or what we ask help for. We don't ask for as much help as we really should and could. Yeah. That can really turn something. Because we
0: see it as a sign of weakness
1: yes and
0: it's not it's a it's a great sign of strength to recognize where your gaps are and to go out there and find a way to fill them yes totally
1: ah okay whose need is it anyways Mm -hmm.
0: I think the other thing that I'd say is you know let's turn turn the tables a little bit on this and actually consider do we know what our partner's needs are You know, very often we come from this perspective of my needs aren't getting met, he he or she's just really selfish, they don't support me, they don't love me as much as I love them. You know, it's all this judgment that comes in. But if we turn the tables a little bit and just ask the question, what are my partner's needs? Mm. How do I make sure that Mm. they feel cared for and taken care of and that I'm interested in them and I want to support them?
1: Mm. And how do I, if I don't know what they are, how do I create a call to find out? Yeah. And so, and they may have thought that they've told me a million and one times. Most of the time, we're just, we're trying to express our needs all the time. Often in ways that our partner doesn't, there's no sensors that are active to actually hear that. Mm. And so you might say, look, I know that you've probably told them this 5,000 times, but this is time 5,001, new day. Yeah. Can I hear From you what your needs are and how I might be able to participate in helping you you know fill that
0: yeah but those needs can change over time as well can't they so true it's really good to just have a bit of a check-in and that could be a way that you start the conversation Mm -hmm. is look I I get that needs change over time as we develop and change as people Mm -hmm. like where are you at right now Mm. what is it that you need and do you feel like I help to fulfill those or is there more that you want from me? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> nice. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, and that would feel so nice, wouldn't it? Oh so, and God. then it starts a conversation then about, yeah. well, you know, often we focus on kind of reciprocity, then often the other person's going to say, well, what about you? What mm-hmm. about your needs? Mm-hmm. And you can kind of have that conversation then. Mm.
1: Yes. <laughs> Just <laughs> as you said that, I was like, oh, I would love to have a conversation with that starts with that that would, be, that yeah. would feel so amazing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I am challenged then to bring that opening invitation to a conversation with a yeah. partner. That sounds amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um yeah some some new dinner conversation for you. <laughs> totally. I think you've always got to pick moment when you're going to have conversations like this. Mm. It's no good trying to have the conversation at, you know, 7.30 in the morning when you're trying to kind of stress to get ready for work yeah. or you're um, about way to to an airport. the bus or, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, so you've got to choose, choose your moment wisely, I would say.
1: It's so true because if we don't, if we don't and we don't set this the conversation up for success, then we may walk away saying, I asked my partner what their needs are and they didn't want to tell me or they didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the contractor to fix the broken like sink was just coming in as they were starting a Zoom call. So, yeah, it it was not a great time. Of course, they were (laughs) like, I don't want to talk about this right now. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Exactly. Mm. Yeah, there's always a time and a place.
1: Yeah, you got it. Uh, The other thing that I always tell Mm. folks is like you can totally take a rain check. Like, hey, not a right time right now, but what would be a good time would be and choose something hopefully within the next forty eight hours. Mm. Don't kick the can down too far down the road, but like, could yeah. we speak about this tomorrow night? It's gonna be much, and I will put a reminder on my calendar that if you don't remember, I will remember yeah. to revisit this conversation because it's really important. I'm so glad you yeah. brought it up. Not a good time right now, but tomorrow will be perfect. Yeah, we will have warm cocoa or tea and uh, and chat on the couch.
0: Sounds great. Book me in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Foot massages optional, but highly encouraged.
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we go to a question. Oh, let's do that. Today's question: My wife cheated on me, and she's apologized and she's asked for forgiveness. Is it possible for our relationship to survive this?
1: oh gosh yeah this is hard hey Mm -hmm. first of all yeah
0: Well, one of the biggest things in relationship you know the core a core fundamental that you need for a relationship to survive is trust Mm -hmm. and that's the one thing then that gets broken when one party strays because it just places doubt over the whole relationship
1: yeah and in the Western paradigm where we, we kind of take monogamy for granted, but yet we don't really get under the hood of what that means. Um, we kind of have these societal expectations that are, are not fully researched and and investigated on an individual couple level. So, um, there's trust broken, but yet we've never, we've failed to really understand what monogamy is, who we are as people, um, my favorite, Esther Perel, who uh, br- brought out her book, The State of Affairs, um, one of the things that she tackles is this feeling, there's there's an assumption that, uh, that an affair is the end of a relationship, trust broken, there's a scoundrel out there who's cheated and titched them to the curb, relationship, marriage over. But what she's trying to revive is like, it can be the start of your new relationship mm-hmm. together. It's cer- like, it can be a rebirth for you. So more and more people are choosing to stay together after an affair and to use it as an incredible growth and learning opportunity. Mm. But certainly acknowledging that trust is broken. Strangely, a trust that we never fully, I feel like when we start relationships, we, we trust without really understanding what this monogamous kind of promise is. And that's why a lot of people are rethinking monogamy and thinking about ethical non-monogamy and open relationships and polyamory and all this sort of stuff and just kind of Flex, flexing into different directions.
0: Yeah, I probably disagree a little bit. I think that we do know what monogamy is. I think that mm. we, mm. um if we're not having a conversation that says we have got an open relationship, mm. then it, you, you're not setting yourself up for that position. I think that we do know what it
1: is. Mm. So I disagree mm. a bit. Oh, I love. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I think, well, okay, okay, I, I buy that point. I think that we assume that we're, we haven't had the conversation and we assume that we're, that we're both monogamous. But the thing is, is that there's many people, in fact, maybe most people who are actually not monogamous to the letter that is understood by our sort of nonverbal assumptions in the Western world. I know, oh my gosh, this think- is like boxing <laughs> gloves on. Woo!
0: Either be this or you're not right like True you that. know you yeah. know what the rules are of, of being in a relationship I think we do know um I think it's easy to say well we didn't really kind of specify it we didn't have a, mm-hmm. a written contract like right I just think that's not right right and sure I, and yeah. I think we shouldn't use that as a um as escape as a reason to be able to get out of something that we know isn't right and we know it's going to hurt our partner's feelings i think uh, you generally know if you're going to upset your partner we've just been talking about kind of taking care and um you know being there for your partner that's not really yeah that's not really taking care of them is it? it's taking care of your own needs go back to that then yeah i'm I'm happy days my my needs are met but what about my partner who put their trust and faith that we would have a monogamous relationship we wouldn't be doing anything we shouldn't be behind each other's backs yeah yeah
1: oh nice okay true anyway love it (laughs) love it love it
0: (laughs) now that we've finished arguing (laughs) so back to the question Mm. right so I I I do agree with you though that there is there is life after an affair but I think you've got to um you've got to be able to take the time to recover Mm -hmm. I think the person who's who's asking this question obviously feels like you know they they're gonna feel like that you know that they've they've suffered in this and that they're the ones that are aggrieved because they thought that a certain thing was happening and, and now that's not the case so you need that time I think to be able to get over that position but you've also got to want to be in the relationship so mm-hmm. you know this person saying is it possible for our relationship to survive I would say yes it is if you both wanted to mm,
1: that's that's number one. Yeah. Yeah. But the the other thing is to not sweep this under the rug and say she's no. apologized. Like somehow, because the thing is, I'm always looking for sort of like a systemic, like under the ground water, right? Like something doesn't just happen in isolation. There's a reason for mm. it. So unless yeah. we actually get behind the reason for it, we stand to have this happen again. Yeah. And the reason why that is hard is because trust broken, and you're trying to mend it. And trust again, like Esther Perel says, there's many different types of trust. And the most fundamental thing is, are you going to be true to me, like sexually and emotionally, mm. um, in a monogamous way? You might trust that they're going to take care of your kids in a great, safe, and sane manner. But um, your heart, you might not trust your heart uh, mm. for a very long time. And if there's a repeat offense. That's where it could be game over. Like, you don't yeah. have a lot of room in the situation for a repeat offense. So if we don't understand the why, then we're yeah. bound to repeat. So I would be inclined, like, don't shove this under the rug so soon. Mm. Start to ask some questions about, like, w- what led you to get into a situation where you cheated on me?
0: Yeah. But then that's right? really hard, though, because you're going to hear some things that probably you don't want to hear. And yes. this is why people shy away from having a yes. discussion, because... Yeah and best if I can just forget all about it I don't need to learn anything negative about myself right now thank you very much already feel a bit shit I don't now need you telling me yeah. how all these things that I've done wrong because mm-hmm. generally there'll be some stuff that comes out yes so yeah. it is really difficult that's so true to do that at a time when you're feeling quite low yes
1: yes that's so true and, and it yeah. might also be that your partner has changed it might be that they're having this kind of crisis of self and they're wanting to sort of explore a part of themselves that they are that is quite separate and distinct and in a in a, in a different room than what they share with their partner
0: you can't just take for granted that that's okay to do that oh correct
1: correct yeah. no absolutely true but the why might be it might have something to do with your partner but oftentimes mm. the reason why somebody has an affair is oftentimes very much to do with themselves and what's going on for them mm. so it, it is true um Oh gosh, there's just, it's so, it's so complicated, but it can be helpful. This is where you may want to have a conversation mediated with a therapist, coach or counselor yeah. to be able to diffuse some of the really kind mm. of uncomfortable energy that comes up and to yeah. mediate the discussion to get really honest.
0: Yeah. I think there needs to be some healing first, potentially before you even get into that stage, mm-hmm. because if you're not ready to explore and to understand and initially you probably not, you know, go through a range of emotions, don't we, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll flit between quite a few, you know, ranges of, of energy where, you know, one level, kind of, I feel like I'm the victim, I feel like this has just happened to me, and it feels unjust and unfair, and then I might get a bit angry, so I might get really frustrated by that, and, you know, start to then kind of lash out, Um, I then, you know, my behaviour becomes then kind of more erratic as a result of that, Mm-hmm. And, but then I might kind of start to reason things maybe I might start to see some patterns or some mm-hmm. things that I did mm-hmm. and and I think it's not until you get to that point where you can start to open up a little bit more of your thinking mm. that you might actually be able to have a conversation about it in a healthy way um that is free from some of those other more kind of erratic emotions and signs mm-hmm. of behavior that I can only imagine you would go through
1: mm-hmm Okay. So, so maybe this is a time to sort of put yourself in kind of a triage spot where, mm. um, you give yourself permission to not have to sort it out right away. Yeah. Um, and I think starting to look at trust is not like a one thing, but of a many, there's many levels of trust that you have in your mm. relationship. And so reconcile yourself with the fact that you don't trust your heart with your partner at this point in time. And that's Okay. It's not an expectation. We're not going to rush through and gloss over. Yeah. You might trust them to do the daily activities, like we talked about, maybe childcare. Maybe you'll trust them to sort of show up to events. Um, yeah. Perhaps there's a lot of things that you kind of keep on the back burner
0: mm.
1: and sort of triage and deal with the most immediate stuff right now, but create yeah. time because this is something that, that, you know, it's months and years of recovery mm. from an affair, yeah. which can make you stronger, as Esther as Perel says, is like the start of your new marriage it can take months and years and that's the hard thing
0: and that's the thing with anything that happens in your relationship that's major the more that you can work through something and learn something about each other that you didn't know before you went into it then the stronger your bond and connection will be when you come out the other side of it
1: It, it's true but it just
0: feels really crap (laughs) oh my god oh my gosh yeah is like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. I was I was quite happy, thank you very much. And now this yes. little bomb has come and exploded yes. right in front of me. Yeah.
1: And I have troubles yeah. concentrating at work and my life yeah. feels like it's falling apart. And we yeah. have to keep up appearances with the kids. Yeah. I'm angry. I'm hurt. Yeah. I I'm I love, but yet I also hate. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: such turmoil, I think, and that's the that's the challenge is yeah. getting through that in the in that initial period where everything feels so raw.
1: Yeah yeah so you know you're reaching out to your friends you're trying to exercise and hopefully reduce your alcohol intake because it Mm. never does great things for sleep try to get more sleep um it it just a lot of that self-care thing like when in doubt just lean into yourself what what do i need Mm. right now good food good sleep good exercise good friends Mm. yeah
0: a great question to always ask yourself is what do i need today that's going to help me tomorrow because yeah. that really helps to tune in to some of your own yeah. needs in that short term yeah. space mm-hmm. that will help to get you through things. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Mm. Ah. Well, I feel for them, but yes. there is hope if if you wanna if you wanna tune in and have that hope, if you want that to be part of your relationship and you don't want the relationship to end there, then there is definitely hope.
1: You've got it. And here's the thing, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Some 70 to 80% of people will have an experience with an affair in their Mm -hmm. lifetime. And so if you think that like, oh, I'll just can this relationship and start a new one, chances are infidelity is going to come up at some point in time. And maybe you're going to be on the other side of the fence in the future. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to be the one who inadvertently, (laughs) I say inadvertently cheat, although Sarah's like, oh, you know it. When you know, you know. It's so not. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. <laughs> I just want to give a bit of grace to people who can sometimes just stumble into things. They kind of know, but they don't. But, you know, first and foremost, I just have compassion and empathy for humans doing shitty human things. It just happens a lot. Oh,
0: it's not that I haven't got compassion for either side, because it is, it's, a, it's an awful situation, but I just don't buy the fact that you don't know what you're doing. I think you do. Uh,
1: um, and so, owning yeah. that is probably, yeah, like if we can cut yeah. through the bullshit and own it it yes. it just moves us we have us. to be responsible
0: yeah. for who we are yeah. and, and what we've you know, done we are adults yeah and um we yeah. do know right from wrong and yeah. we have to take responsibility for that yeah that's so true so Very yeah true anyway i'll get off my soapbox
1: love it no but good <laughs> good slash of cold water i needed that me and
0: my high horse will uh disappear <laughs>
1: <laughs> love it I'm a bit of a softie, but you know it's more effective to just call it out like mm. you know your coach can be your greatest ally when they call out your own bullshit and be like don't yeah. bullshit the bullshitter
0: yeah
1: because then exactly. we then we get to st- we get to stand on a more advanced starting line and starting mm-hmm. position we don't have to like you know sort through the smell of our own bullshit for you know months to years yeah,
0: yeah. very
1: true yeah. nice okay well good luck All to right. this listener
0: yes definitely you're not alone there is hope though there is
1: certainly absolutely is and you know at the end of the day too look we know that every relationship is not not every relationship is meant to last so whatever you're learning right now if it doesn't mean the rebirth of this partnership then it's going to be bringing you into a greater stead with your next partnership so there's Mm -hmm. always a benefit to lessons
0: yeah although it can be really difficult if you go into another relationship because Often you will have, um, those trust issues will go with Ah. you when, so because it's happened once, you'll assume that it's going to happen again and you can go into that relationship extremely guarded. So that's something to be wary of because the other person isn't, if you do start, you know, a new relationship, they are not responsible for the things that your previous partner has done.
1: You've got it, which is why you want to work on it before yeah. you get yes you wanna
0: so I think it's been yeah. really just wary of that if that's if that's your decision decision and choice
1: can't speak today not Kurt. very good
0: for a <laughs> podcaster
1: <laughs> well it is a Monday
0: it is yeah. Monday that's I've also cool. got this giant cold sore on my lip Oof. and it looks like I've had a really bad um, lip job that's oh, gone wrong oh
1: my gosh
0: so it's not really a good look I have oh. to say
1: oh my <laughs> gracious that's cold sores are hard oh my gosh I Those know are hard <gasps> yeah ugh I hear you. I hear you. I hope it's gone and done very, very soon. That's the Me too. one thing Me that too. I can hope for cold sores. <laughs> well, thank you for your uh, compassionate eye and your kick in the ass today. That was great. <laughs> oh, you're welcome.
0: Uh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Anytime.
1: <laughs> Anytime.
0: Alrighty. So, All So right. till next week. Till next week.